Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Green Iron Blitz, episode 366. Oscar Lopez in the house. We'll have the salty one, Mackenzie Brooks, in a couple minutes. We're going to break down NFL free agency, some of the top teams that probably missed out on some of the good acquisitions, some of the losses in some of those key teams, on how the, that's going to affect them in terms of their salary cap structure. Uh, also, we want to give a shout-out to the Kingsville Empire. They will be here in the house today, Texas Valley Women's uh, Inaugural 2021 Champions. And we will have the talented Helen McClary here with quarterback Tommy McDaniel. I'm talking about the big win this past weekend against the South, the South Texas uh, Generals. It was live on Real Sports Live. So if you were at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties, you got to see women's championship football live action from Texas. Kingsville uh, 39-27 victory, uh, revenge victory for them. And we will talk about that in about an hour. From, to, from right now with uh, Helen McClary and Tommy McDaniel. On the docket today, first, we got three interviews today. Awesome, awesome ballers. We also have the La Muerte de las Cruces, WNFC, uh, coming in here today with the talented Regina Escoto from Mexico, from Texcoco, uh, and she's just been fabulous. Uh, she used to play for the Guerreras All-Star team in Mexico with the AFE uh, type of environment so we're going to talk to her about everything mexican national team as well um so regina escoto will be here we'll be doing a translated interview uh spanish and english with uh with the assistance of myself and billy avalos as we talk to her and we'll translate that and in the uh, second 30 minutes about 45 minutes from now we will have the talented erica mitchum of the women's tackle football league oregon hawks and we're going to be talking everything transgender sports, talk about the new Oregon Ducks, a new league, and what the expectation is for their her team for 2021. And uh, we are saddened uh, to announce today, this week, the, the passing of Carla Fernanda um, Salas Salazar. And she was part of you know, the Mexican team out there in the V-Queens when the Women's Football League in the 898 uh, lingerie uh, bikini-style league. On top of that, she was also part of the FX Mexico full kit team out there, also in Saltillo. So condolences to her and her family on the passing of Carla Fernanda Salas Salazar. Uh, just not a good, uh, you know, situation and unfortunate, unfortunate incident that happened. So uh, our condolences and our prayers go out to the V Queen Saltillo for their loss of their teammate there. Um, also the College Football Hall of Fame honors honors uh, Tony Harris, Callie Branson. Um, you can check it out right there at the Hub and others. Uh, to, uh, I think Sarah Thomas as well. So that was a really cool uh, idea. There, you can go to the College Football Hall of Fame. Obviously, it's in Georgia of all of all places, and so um, and so it, it's going to be. Uh, Pretty awesome to have a display, not just at the, for Callie Branson, for example, not only at the College Football Hall of Fame, but she has one over at the Pro Football Hall of Fame as well in Canton. So Tony, uh, Tony Harris and Ka- uh, Callie Branson right there honored as well. 
So uh, pretty, pretty awesome. If you miss anything uh, that what I'm talking about, you have no idea what's going on, you go to the hub. The best network on the planet exists at the hub. So facebook.com forward slash gridiron beauties. Uh, we have everybody internationally dialed in. We, we are the best resource on the planet in terms of the pulse of women's tackle football. So we're really proud of that. And uh, thank you to all our network partners that uh, feed us information, stories, links, and everything else, still photos, uh, video links, and everything else to bring you the exclusive coverage of women's tackle football, whether it be uh, arena style or whether it be NFL full kit, the best network on the planet right there at the hub. So share our stories, like our stories, whatever you need to do. Just bring awareness to the sport. Uh, We are reaching right now 16.5 in terms of reach, 16K in terms of reach. We only have about 9,000 followers, and out of those 9,000 followers, obviously we're reaching almost double of what we have following us. So thank you very much for sharing with your friends and everybody else to bring attention to the sport and making sure everybody's aware of what we do and what, uh, how, how to spotlight all the talented athletes uh, worldwide as well. If you missed the interview with uh, Regina Escoto, uh, there's an interview there as well uh, by Tercer Cuarto. Uh, you can go check it out. Uh, Tercer Cuarto is one of our partners in Mexico that covers the female sport as well. So what Tercer Cuarto does, really good piece this week. Uh, it, um, it's a devoted piece on Thursdays uh, for covering women's women's tackle football in Mexico exclusively. So if you missed the interviews there, we will share those. Uh, it's at the hub as well, so you can take advantage of those. Uh, the other information that was out there is the CFL and the XFL merger that's going to take place. So uh, the Rock really in tune with what's going to happen with the, um, with the merger itself, but we don't know if it's going to be Canadian rules or it's going to be NFL-style rules. So it's still up in the air in terms of what's going to happen there uh, for the merger itself and what's going to happen with, um, um, with the um, situation between the two leagues and how that's going to work out at this point. So um, we're going to have McKenzie here in a couple minutes here. But in the meantime, I'm going to get, dive into the uh, NFL uh, picture in terms of free agency, some of the key teams that, ob- that, that just, you know, which team lost the most talent? So, you know, the first wave of this free agency was um, pretty interesting. Uh, the Patriots took advantage of it, obviously, with a lot, a lot of salary cap money. And so they, they had that. Some teams, at least on paper, appear to have, you know, significantly improved by free agent and trades. And some of them are getting ready only for the draft. So some additions have come somewhere in terms of, you know, uh, waiting for the, for the actual trade deadline, and then they made their moves. Others had made uh, anticipated moves prior to that. And some of them are obviously going to reduce salary caps. So while it's always nice to look at the bright side of, you know, what happened, uh, we're going to take a, take a look at seven teams uh, that were hit the hardest in terms of the free agency market. So you had, like, Baltimore, for example. Uh, they add uh, Kevin, offensive guard Kevin Zittler, but they lost linebacker Matt Juden, defensive and Janik Jacoo, uh, defensive and Ju- uh, Juhad Ward, uh, center Matt Kura, uh, and then uh, Morgan Cox. So they are considered basically uh, from, you know, from Yahoo and Bleacher and everybody else. They're the biggest, they're the biggest free agency signing comes before the legal tampering period. But so Kevin Zittler was released by the Giants 
and the Ra- uh, the Ravens ended up scooping him and giving him a three-year, $22.5 million contract. So Baltimore proceeded to lose a pair of, uh, you know, Juden and Jakul in free agency, along with uh, Sakura and Ward and long snapper Cox. So the addition of Zillard does not offset, uh, you know, all the Ravens' talent loss, but it is a largely a, a big, big loss by the Ravens. So how are they going to, um, you know, maybe go through the draft at this point? It's going to be more than likely the draft, given the fact that they've signed one player and they lost so many. So I don't know if they're, they're going to just do that through the draft and, and, you know, given them where they're at in the draft, um, they're going to basically try to patch up some of that in terms of what they've lost. The other team, was the Chicago Bears. Uh, they pick up Andy Dalton's shocker of all shockers because everybody thought it was going to be Russell Wilson in Chicago, which it was highly unlikely that that was ever going to happen. I mean, if you, somebody must have been drinking or something because that's not going to happen. Uh, linebacker uh, Jeremiah Atachu and running back Damian Williams were the acquisitions. The notable losses were cornerback uh, Kyle Fuller, linebacker Roy Robertson-Harris, uh, defensive end Brent Urban, linebacker Barkevius Mingo, and, of course, Mitchell Tabriski. So Chicago's biggest departure also came by design, though, that that doesn't necessarily make it a good decision. Um, So they franchise tag wide receiver Allen Robinson II, and then they led to to release the two-time Pro Bowl cornerback Kyle Fuller. Um, And then at that point, Chicago still remains over the salary cap. So I don't know what they're going to do at this point. Um, They literally just swapped – Trubisky for Dalton, which is probably the same. It doesn't change anything in Chicagoland at this point. Uh, they pretty much added the same player. And then they added uh, Jeremiah Atachu and running back Damon Williams, but lost, uh, obviously, um, Robinson Harris and Urban and Mingo. So the losses could end up even worse for the Bears uh, at this point. They aren't in a financial situation to resign certain key players. So they are... Um, I guess they're willing to dump. So they're doing the dumping and um, maybe relying on the draft more so than any other team right now. And they're trying to pick up some of the uh, key pieces that they're going to need to compete there. So uh, the other team is Green Bay. They didn't add anybody, but they didn't really lose much. But they did lose uh, Corey Lindsey, Jamal Williams, and quarterback Tim Boyle. So the loss of Boyle isn't very you know shocking. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, first-round uh, pick Jordan Love is in line to uh, take over Aaron Rodgers' position. Uh, the losses of Williams and Lindsay's are our big deal. Um, so that's going to be something that, that they're going to have to patch up and figure out. Basically the same thing. They're going to through the draft to get that taken care of. Um, so that puts themselves in a position where they're not probably going to sign anybody. Um, they, they signed – I think they re-signed – uh, Jones, uh, Mercedes Lewis, and Kevin King, but they pretty much did not want to mess around with the free agency market at this point. So um, if they patch up some players in terms of the draft, they're going to be okay. And I think they're the best team probably in the North anyways. So there's not a panic mode there in, per se. They still have Aaron Rodgers. They still have uh, Aaron Jones. Um, so they got some key pieces still right there in Green Bay. So there's really not going to be much of a change in terms of Green Bay uh, for 2021. In Minnesota, Minnesota picked up uh, Dalvin Tomlinson and Patrick Peterson, but they did lose Anthony Harris, uh, Kyle Rudolph. Uh, they lost Riley Reef, 
and then uh, they lost, uh, I think, uh, Afiridi on Injimbo. So the second offseason in a row, the Vikings parted with a number of key contributors. Uh, last year, defenders Mackenzie Alexander, Trey Waynes, Xavier Rhodes, Everson Griffin all departed. This year, uh, Minnesota lost quality players on both sides of the ball offensively. Minnesota watched Kyle Rudolph, Mike Boone, and Riley Reef just walk away. Rudolph has been an offensive mainstay since 2011, and uh, Reef was a four-year starter for the Vikings and a versatile lineman. Um, so defensively, the big loss was Anthony Harris, who was good enough in 2019 to earn the franchise tag for Minnesota. Um, while the additions of defensive tackle Davin Tomlinson and cornerback Patrick Peterson are noteworthy, they just aren't quite to make it up. So Vikings have a little bit of work to do in the draft at this point as well. And then we'll go in that sense from there. Uh, the Saints really, uh, really, really, uh, uh, Drew Brees retires. Emmanuel Sanders leaving. Jared Cook is gone. It's uh, Henderson, Shelton Rankins. I mean, you name it. It's just this laundry list. Arguably, no team lost more talent than, than the Saints. So due in part to Michael Thompson's lingering injuries, Sanders led all Saints players, not named Kamara, of course. So um, because of Breeze, their biggest loss. And so now the quarterback position has to be elevated at some point. Now you've got all these, all these other key pieces that walked away. So that means New Orleans is a really, really big deal in terms of trying to figure out who's going to get in and who's going to, you know, who's going to patch up the whole team. More than likely it's going to be the draft once again. And some of these teams are really tight on terms of uh, – some of these teams are really tight in terms of the salary cap besides the open checkbook in New England. So uh, I'll see – you know, we'll see how they turn out that way on, on top of it. All right. So we're going to be talking to uh, Billy Avalos and from the WNFC um, – WNFC La Muerte, La Muerte de las Cruces, and then we're going to be talking to the talented Regina Escoto as well. So let's go ahead and bring in, um, right now, we're going to bring in Billy Avalos into the No Joke Football Huddle, sponsored by MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Go to MonkeyKnifeFight.com, use code NJF, start saving and getting some big dough there. Three times match, so if you do $10, you can win up to $30. So check it out, MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Code NJF. Let's go ahead and bring Billy here in inside the mix. Expect greatness. Expect greatness. From our preparation, to the way we perform, to the way we shine, expect greatness. Expect it from yourself. Expect it from your teammates. Expect it from this team. We fall. We kill. We eat. Yes, sir. Hey, energy, emotion, play fast. Billy, what's going on? Billy Avalos. Hey, hey, Oscar, how are you? Hey, Coach, thanks for making the time. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for going and, and, and having us on. I mean, this is a, a big... Uh, big for us, big news for, for this and, and for, uh, you know, a lot of women, not only in the United States, but, you know, um, women from Mexico getting a chance to play in the WNFC, which we're excited about. Uh, Billy, you're out there uh, hunting rosters from foreign land. Is that a good thing? <laughs> um, you know, it's a developmental thing. We, you know, I, I've had the opportunity to go and see these girls actually play, uh, you know, a couple of times against, um, 
teams that I've coached with uh, AFE uh, American football events. And I, I think these girls are talented. Now, with a little bit more um, American Americanized coaching, I think they're going to be really a force to be reckoned with. Plus, there's a big interest. These girls want to learn. Um, you know, Mexico, it's one of the fastest growing sports for females is American football, whether it be, you know, flag football or even tackle football. And these girls start young. Like, you know, the, our guest that we're going to be having, Regina, she's 18 years old, barely old enough to go and be rostered in the WNFC. So, you know, she's she's young, she's talented, and, you know, with some – you know, a proper direction. I, I really do think that not all, but I think there's a, a few of them, maybe a handful or two that are definitely ready to go and at least uh, start seeing the talent that they're going to be going against and then take it back all to right, Mexico. So and make, Billy, uh, yes, let me bring ahead. her on. Let me bring her on so that we can okay. chat with her as well. Okay. Hold on. Regina, estás en la línea. Sí, aquí estoy. ¿Me escuchas? Hey, ¿cómo estás? Estás uh, conmigo, Oscar López, y estás con el coach uh, Billy Ávalos, que ya conoces. Uh, bienvenida Hola, al, al podcast. Hola, muchas gracias por invitarme. ¿Cómo estás, so, Richie? Billy, es estaba... Coach Ávalos. Yeah. Hola, coach. Bien, estoy lista para viajar. Ay, yo también estoy muy... Ay, hasta domingo estoy esperando. Sí, el domingo llegamos. Okay, muy bien. Uh, I was just Regina. saying, Oscar, that we're looking forward to seeing her. Yeah. Regina, vas a, vas a este, uh, venir este, esta semana y a sentarte en Nuevo México en, en el domingo. ¿Ese es el, el plan? Sí, el plan es llegar a Nuevo México el domingo. Creo que mi vuelo llega a las 8 de la noche. Okay, so estás, ya estás lista. Uh, Regina, deja, uh, deja este, ya sé que haces esto en entrevistas toda la semana, ¿verdad? Estabas en tercer cuarto, en todos, todas las cosas. ¿Cómo ha estado la atención? Pues realmente fue un, un boom para todos aquí en México anunciar que me iba para allá, porque es algo que no se ve mucho. Entonces, pues, por eso la gente se emocionó y obviamente yo también. Y me ha, me ha gustado eso de las entrevistas. Sí, este, eh, es, es un cambio de diferentes cosas, porque en los Estados Unidos tenemos nomás como unas dos ligas que eh, es infantil eh, para femenil, pero en México ya está, este, cuando están las chicas jugando con los, los niños, a cierta edad y los se van a cierto a otros otro nivel so, ya están más avanzadas en, hasta la de, de abajo 16 y a 18 verdad porque ya 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 he, he hecho torneos uh, nacionalmente la federación sí aquí en México se juega las niñas juegan con los niños hasta high school después juegan under 18 y después ya la categoría grande, que es libre. ¿Y a, 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 qué, a qué nivel se separan los, la, las niñas a los chavos para 
para que estén ya en su equipo normal de, de, de chicas nomás? Cuando cumplen 16, que es cuando okay. entran a, a la preparatoria aquí. Uh -huh. So, Regina, cuando, ya... cuando, sal, cuando saliste, eh, cuando sa estabas en el torneo de bajo 18, ¿no? Ese es hace sí. un año o dos años, en el, en el primer torneo que hizo la federación, ¿verdad? Para el, al, al bajo 16 y al bajo 18. ¿Eras parte de, sí, hace... de qué liga? En ese... el LIFAE. LIFAE se llama la liga. Es la liga LIFAE, en la que okay. jugado... Ajá, LIFAE. Es la única liga de, de 11 contra 11 que hay en México, de mujeres. ¿Estabas, estabas jugando uh, 9 por 9 antes, o 8 por 8, antes de, los on... de que se introdució la 11 por 11? Ajá. La, la categoría under 18 se juega 8, 8 contra 8. Eso es estilo arena, ¿verdad? El estilo arena es, el, sí, es arena. El, casi lo normal. Sí, arena era lo normal hasta hace como dos años, que fue cuando uh -huh. empezamos a jugar 11 contra 11. Um, Regina... ¿Cómo, está, cómo te, eh, el, la invitación del coach Ábalos, ¿qué, eh, qué emociones tenías cuando se, uh, la, miraste la carta y, y, y que, que te quieren este, traer a los estados para jugar en la segunda liga más, este, más grande en los Estados Unidos? La verdad es que me emocioné mucho porque fue, fue todo muy rápido, como que era algo que no esperaba. Y de hecho se lo, se lo comenté al coach cuando hicimos la llamada. Estaba muy nerviosa porque todo había pasado muy rápido. Y como que no había tenido tiempo de procesar la información y de entender lo que estaba a punto de hacer. Pero ahorita estoy muy emocionada y me estoy preparando para pues para jugar en, en una liga tan grande. ¿Tienes este, sí, eh, experiencia en la liga? La falla es grande también, ¿no, este, uh, Regina? Sí, sí, aquí en México también es una liga grande, pero es una liga que está empezando. Ok. Uh, deja hablar con el coach aquí. Billy, um, uh, how did you, how did you, uh, you know, scout all these players? You have two other players that we just announced this week. Uh, I think it's uh, both Alondras, right? Alondras uh, Rodriguez, and I, I believe it's another Alondras Suarez, also from the uh, Cancun area, uh, y, right? Y tenemos otro más que se llama Adi. Camara, tenemos mm -hmm. tres, tres mujeres de México que van a venir, y esos tres son um, lineros ofensivos, van a jugar offensive line, y en um, Cancún, we played against them, y luego también, el, um, cuando yo um, hablé la primera vez con la Reggie, era en, en Honduras, oh, pero okay. estaba muy ¿En joven, el, no podía Google? jugar con los otros. Sí, en el World Bowl, W Bowl, yes, el okay. World Bowl. Um, y, so, um, okay, es con la con la con la AFI, ¿verdad, Billy? Sí, sí, señor. Sí, señor, era con el AFI. So miraste talento ahí cuando estabas en, con los juegos y empezaste oh. a mirar todo el talento. Sí, hijo, los los mujeres estaban grandes y podían correr. Um, hay hay 
hay mucho tienen mucho talento ahí en México en esos uh, programas y están creciendo rápido so I'm excited yeah. about to go and Kelly, see ellas, what ellas more fueron parte de la de las guerras no las Juárez guerras de, de la de, la, el, el equipo México, ¿verdad? Que se hizo como se hace el equipo de AFI, ¿no? Reggie. Sí, sí, sí las tres fuimos parte no. de, de Guerreras Aguar, que fue el equipo de México que jugó en el American Woman Tour. Regina, este, ¿cómo se asembló el, el equipo? Porque aquí en los Estados Unidos se asemblan con uh, todas, las, todas las chicas nacionalmente así y, y, y pagan para estar en el equipo y lo y lo empiezan a entrenar y lo después envían so eso lo, lo hicieron iguales ustedes se conviven con diferentes ligas no importa de qué liga nomás y se convivieron en, en una unidad sí sí es igual aquí se hacen pruebas en todo el país no importa de la liga que seas y ya pagas para ir al torneo Uh, Regina, en el torneo ese que dice que decía Billy, este, había algo de, uh, de el, el, el empezar del COVID, ¿verdad? Se quedaron allá también este, extranjeras en, y tuvieron que ir por bus, ¿verdad? Este es, me, me había dicho este, uh, uh, la información que tuvimos con la entrevista de que tenías con Tercer Cuarto, de que uh, uh, hubo algo de dificultades para regresar al, al país, ¿no? Sí, eh, perdimos nuestro vuelo que salía de El Salvador porque se cerraron las fronteras y la mitad de las chicas se quedó en Honduras y la otra mitad nos regresamos en camión. Fueron como 36 horas. ¡Wow! 36 horas, mucho tiempo. Um, ¿todos, ¿Todos estaban en buenos uh, espíritus y todo? Eh, o uh, que ¿No les pasó nada ¿verdad? en ese tiempo? No, realmente regresamos bastante bien pero sí estábamos todas muy nerviosas porque teníamos que cruzar tres países para llegar a México. Uh -huh. Y si nos cerraban las fronteras antes de llegar, pues nos íbamos a tener que quedar ahí al menos unos 15 días. So, yeah, todos estaban preocupados. Uh, uh, yo sabía que a Billy también este, uh, le pasó lo mismo. A Billy este, en ese punto estaban ustedes extranjeros ahí en la, en la misma en sí, Honduras, ¿no? Sí, quedamos en Honduras uh, otros 10 días y luego, gracias a Dios, que um, tenían un aeroplano que vino para nosotros y fuimos para South Carolina. Pero lo mismo pasó, pero gracias a Dios que, que, que tenían un aeroplano para nosotros en el Air Force Base. Que, y, um, Uh, Billy, va, va a empezar ella si, si hace el roster a, a, con las otras chicas que tienes este, planeado a, a, a traerlas al equipo? ¿O este es algo de, de, de backup ahorita para entrenamiento para el futuro? No, es, uh, quieren, que nosotros queremos que ellos van a jugar ya, comenzar. Uh -huh. uh, okay. ellos, ellos van a ayudar a nosotros para pa ganar unos juegos. So, ¿Tienes, uh, tienes, okay. uh, tienes ocasiones de, de traerlos para participar, verdad? No es nomás para traerlos para sí. entrenamiento, pero para participar no, con el equipo para la temporada. Sí, 
participar y para ayudar ganar y también nosotros vamos a hacer um, you know, yo como un coach vamos a ayudarlas pero si sí van a participar ya en el primero cuando llega la Reggie va a llegar domingo y uh, y luego lunes vamos a comenzar so, ojalá que está lista yo digo que sí <ríe> yo digo que yo sí. creo la Regina está lista no sí estoy lista ya super lista ah uh, Regina este has venido a los Estados Unidos en en en, en aventura o diferente capacidad o la primera vez ya había ido alguna vez con un programa de, de entrenamiento con niños uh -huh. al AT&T Stadium. Fuimos oh, a no, en Dallas. Y, okay. Ajá, en Dallas. Jugamos, de hecho, ¿Cómo ahí. Fue bueno, ¿Cómo fue ese, fue ese, ese momento? Ese estadio muy moderno y, y bien grande. Es un estadio muy, muy grande. La verdad es que a mí me emocionó mucho porque tuvimos la oportunidad de tener un partido contra una selección de Texas, de, de chicos de Texas, uh -huh. adentro del estadio. Entonces, sí. es, es muy impresionante porque es un estadio muy grande, entonces estar adentro es bastante impactante. Regina, este, la, la, la formación de este equipo para competir en la temporada 21-21, Uh, no sé si te da presión ahorita, pero uh, Billy tiene mucha presión porque ya sabe que la competencia en la liga es es de alta calidad, especialmente los campeones del otro del, de los dos años anteriores en la temporada uh, inicial. Pero este, vienes, eh, vas a poner la posición este running back como tienes acostumbrada. Sí, sí voy a jugar de, de running back y estábamos, bueno el coach me preguntó si también puedo jugar a la defensa y okay. supongo que también estaré de linebacker si es necesario. All right. So Billy is the uh, multitasked player here. So you you pick up three talented players. This is kind of a shocking thing, but it's year two of the WNC and this is what we expect. It's no different than the NFL, right? We just got to get what you can get and amp your game up, right? Mm -hmm. We got to amp our game up, and, and you know we we try to get local girls, you know. But you know it's just like NFL. We got to go and scout talent from other places and bring it back and and coach them up. And I feel these girls are very coachable. I I already see the the skills that they have learned, you know, back in Mexico, and and I'm I, I feel they are going to actually be a very impactful for us. And you know at it, they're going to get better and better. Just like we had Ana from Brazil. She's coming back mm -hmm. if the borders open up. But Ana is very talented, just a little raw on the, you know, on the coaching side of it. But uh, there's definitely talent there. And, and that's what I'm embracing is the opportunity to hopefully go and, you know, coach them up and, and, and show them some good traits upon the good foundation that they already have. Billy, you're like the Green Bay, right? You're the smaller market. Yeah. Trying to have to compete with these bigger markets. Um, so I applaud you right. for doing that because I think that's necessary, right? Because like you said, the numbers aren't going to be there locally maybe. So you might have to invite. Correct. And it's a, short, it's a short season. It's not like they're going to stay for 
you know, many months. It's, you know, a four-month season. So it's like 90 days to 180 right. days. So, um, yes. so I think it's wise for you as an owner and also as a coaching staff that, yeah, you got, you got to, you know, in order for you to compete with Utah and the Texas Elite and everybody else, yeah, you got to, like, get crafty and creative about how, you know, you bring in somebody that obviously is going to be beneficial to you. Let me bring in Mackenzie here. She's on the line right now to, to pick your brain about, you know, bringing these three players in to contribute to the um, La Muerte de las Cruces. Sure thing. Uh, Mac? Yes, sir. Hello. Yeah, how Coach Billy here. Hello. Pick his brain. Coach, how's your day going? I'm, it's going really well. How are you, Mackenzie? You doing good? Yeah, I know. I just woke up from a nap earlier, so I'm pretty refreshed. I was watching uh, some game film, and then I realized that I got a podcast to do, and I can't wait to pick your brain and see you know, see what you guys you know, are looking forward to do down down there. So my first question is just, what are you looking forward to the most um, with bringing these three players over to your team into the States? Um, I'm looking forward to going and, and one, to be quite honest, just seeing the excitement in their face, getting to go and, you know, live with a couple of other players as well as to, um, for me, it's going to be exciting to coach in Spanish. Um, but I'm really wanting to, I want to see their faces when they go and see how impactful that and the expected expectations we have of them. Cause they're, they're going to be learning, but they're going to be participating right from the start. And that's, that's, you know, if it goes well, my, the whole reason for bringing them is that they can help on this, you know, make our line stronger and our running backs faster. Cause we got an excellent running back already by the name of Washana Brooks. And this, I mean, with Reggie, that speed is just going to be complimentary. So Washana's like another coach. She's going to go and help Regina just just excel. I'm excited to see how you guys how you guys do with all the new adjustments and you know new players coming over and you know because our league was um, we didn't get to have a season last year, so I think everybody is kind of a little bit on edge and you're know, ready to get some actual game time in and, you know, showcase each team's talent. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting for sure. Um, oh yeah. So you, you mentioned <laughs> coaching in Spanish. So you, you mentioned coaching in Spanish. I am absolutely envious of that because I would love to be on a team you know, where you know, my coach, you know, can speak fluently or is, is multilingual so I think it would be cool to kind of, you know, see if I can learn the game in a different language or, you know, play the game while being coached in a different language. I think that's, I think that's going to be a cool, kind of a cool asset for you guys to have as a team. Oh, uh, thank you. Yeah, we, we actually do. And many of the girls already, that's our, you know, we're very much bilingual here. Um, you know, our, our team is a solid group already, but these extra girls that we're getting from Mexico, they're just going to compliment us. And with us already speaking Spanish, doing the bilingual um, with them, it's going to be good for us because, you know, some of us, I'm sure we're saying it, it's the slang version, but um, it's going to be just really fun and interesting. And I think because we are speaking Spanish at practice that we're going to comprehend things better and we're going to be better coaches because we're going to have to learn how to explain it, not only 
um, in our language, but a, a different language. So uh, it's going to be an exciting thing. Thank you for 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 saying that, though. Well, of course, you know that's if that's not something that you come you know you come across every single day, whether it's you know our sport of football, the NFL, you know basketball, NBA, things of that nature. That that's just not something that you come across every day, unless it's like a. Um, you know, like a soccer or, or a football of that kind, uh, you may, you know, you're going to get more of those the bilingual and single, you know, international languages like that rather than you would here in the States where it's mainly English. So to, you know, to know that you guys are going to be, you know, fully operational with two, three different languages is really awesome to hear and it's really interesting, uh, you know, to to know that. So that's, I'm excited for you guys. That's amazing. I can't wait. Um so my second question is, is just more or less along the lines of what kind of adjustments are you and the coaching staff going to need to make to make sure that everybody's going to be on the same page and, you know, that your veterans are putting in the work that they need to to make sure that everybody's adjustments are going to go smoothly before games start? Oh, we're still going to go and have our Zoom Chalk Talk calls. Um, it, it, it'll be bilingual, though, and, and, you know, when we can all get together, we're going to go and Everything will be the same. You know, we, we got, honestly, one of the biggest things that we're going to do is we're going to put uh, the girls that, that read Spanish, we're going to go and, you know, they're going to have the playbook in Spanish. So we already have that already ready for them. And then we're going to teach them um, when we get together just what they're called in English, the different blocking schemes, the different plays and what they do. We're constantly – you know, it, my my belief as a coach is if you go and you're prepared mentally, then you'll spend more time just playing rather than thinking what you need to do. So we'll do a lot of chalk talk. I'm I'm planning on having the girls over, um, you know, to come and eat with us a lot and just be part of our family and our team family. And we'll just – it's constantly at our house, football, almost 24-7. So – they're going to get a a big heaping teaspoon of bilingual football. So they're going to learn a lot of English as well. And But on coaching end, we're going to be just doing a lot of Zoom calls, you know, both English and Spanish, but everybody together. Oh, that's going to be so cool. Oh, I wish I could – I wish I could be on your team just for a day to – you know, to just experience what it's like to, you know, experience experience things in my own language and then experience or try to experience things in another language. I think that would be so cool. Oh, man. Um, so this is my final question for you, Coach, is, uh, you know, like I said, with our, se- with our league having, you know, to essentially uproot the 2020 season alone, uh, what do you – what has been or what do you think is going to be the biggest adjustment um, – coming back into actually playing a season? Honestly, we got a lot of rust. So, I mean, we were ready for the 2020 season. We were firing on what I feel all – we were very prepared. We were firing on all eight cylinders, and then the COVID hit us. And we're still living where we live in New Mexico. We're still having big-time restrictions. So um, I say we're rusty. I say that um, – I mean, we – you know, where everybody got to go and, you know, get together and 
sort of practice. It's only been about two months at the most. Yeah, two months that they allowed us to start practicing at parks to gathering larger than five at a park. So everything is closed still. We can't go and my, so we're going to be rusty, I guess we can say, just because of the, we haven't uh, had an opportunity to be on a regular game field. And that's going to be the challenge for us. And that, and that's all COVID driven, COVID driven. Yeah, I think I have to agree. Uh, I play for the Nebraska Nighthawks, so I definitely understand your restrictions and, you know, not having, you know, not having a lot of the freedoms that we had prior to, uh, you know, the, the large COVID outbreak across the country last season. So I think, I think in a way it's safe to say that most teams uh, league-wide and, and just sport-wide in general are, you know, going to still have a lot of that 2020, you know, field dust, rust, you know, still working the kinks out upwards to, towards the start of the season, you know, even sometimes, even, you know, first couple games. So I think I think it's just going to be important for everybody to, you know, get as much work in on their own as they can, you know, get as many Zoom calls, chalk talks, you know, things of that nature as you can, um, you know, and just make sure you're able to, you know, use your practice times and facilities and stuff efficiently, you know, that way everybody is ready to go on all soldiers for game day. So it's, it's exciting to hear, you know, that you guys have brought, you know, talent from, talent from Mexico and across, you know, across the international borders to come play. So I'm, I'm excited to see you guys play. Um, I'm not sure if, we're, if our teams will ever meet, um, but if they do, I'm definitely shaking your hand, absolutely. Oh, please. You're, we're all part of the same family. We're part of the same football family, and that's what I love about our league. And, and you know, in, in general, women's football, we're all part of the same family. So, you know, I'm wanting, you know, female empowerment for every, you know, for every girl to, to go and participate in the sport that I fell in love with and now to see the girls and the women falling in love with theirs, you know, with that sport. I'm just so excited. I get more nervous coaching um, you know, the girls, the females, than I do my high school team just because I want it so much for them. I want them to get that experience. I want them to be prepared. So we're part of the family, so come and hug me, okay? I mean, absolutely. COVID, but... <laughs> True. I definitely understand that. Well, Coach, thank you for your time, and thank you for coming on to the podcast um, with Regina as well. I hope all three of those ladies have a great experience, and I hope you guys have a good season. I'm going to turn it back over to Oscar now. Okay, thank you, Mackenzie. God bless. Have a happy Easter. You as well. Thank you. All right, uh, Regina, este, tenemos uh, todo, estamos anticipando tu, tu uh, uh, llegar a Nuevo México para ser parte de la, de la muerte de las cruces de la WNFC, so anticipando llegando el domingo y esperando tener un, otra entrevista en el futuro, bajo los, los juegos que van a, van a venir en mayo so, uh, tienes uh, anticipación del empezar del, del, de la temporada ya mucho trabajo pues hasta tenemos que 30 días, 45 días para empezar, ¿no? Sí yo me, bueno como ya sabía que la temporada iba a empezar casi luego, luego que llegara, aquí en uh -huh. México me he estado preparando, obviamente con trabajo de gimnasio, 
y trabajo de campo. También ya me, me enviaron el playbook para no llegar, sin, bueno, en cero en ese sentido. Ya más o menos saber sí. cómo manejan las jugadas y qué sistema manejan para llegar uh, a Regina, ¿cómo...? ¿Cómo uh, ganando la, el, el equipo nacional, ganando en 2017 el, el bronce, es, es algo de, de aspirar, ¿no? Para uh, en el futuro estar con, un, con, uh, con el equipo nacional que va a competir internacionalmente en Finlandia. Um, ¿Es algo de, de futuro para ti o algo de un gol? Sí, sí, es algo que, bueno, es una, es una meta, es algo que estoy esperando. Es algo en lo que estamos trabajando y yo sé que estar en, en, en un equipo profesional allá pues me va a ayudar bastante a subir mi nivel de fútbol para uh -huh. que sea una realidad Finlandia 2021. No, 2022 ya va a ser. Uh -huh, 2022. Regina, este, Reggie, te vamos a llamar Reggie porque ya el, el coach Ávilos ya, ya, te, ya te puso Reggie. Ya ni te vamos a hacer Regina, ya es Reggie nomás. Um, so, Reggie... Gracias por estar con nosotros, hacer tu tiempo para el, para el parque hoy uh, y comunicarme conmigo y todo, pero uh, esperando uh, una buena aventura en la temporada de WNFC 2021 con el coach Billy Ábalos y las, las, uh, la muerte de las cruces y, uh, y las otras chicas que van a venir, esperando hacer una entrevista con ellas antes de que se, se pongan en, en uh, los cascos y, y listas para el, el evento que va a pasar en la campaña 21-21. So, este mucho mucho gusto hablar contigo esperando mucho este uh, que te vaya bien la temporada con el coach y uh, uh, Billy uh, what an amazing yes, uh, uh, what an amazing work you guys have, are doing okay uh, just an amazing job I, I talked to your wife Candice as well so you know shout out to her to give her an amazing job but uh, you know to the rest of the to the rest of the roster and the squad uh, I applaud you guys for doing uh, giving these girls the opportunity but at the same time you know, it's going to help your team ultimately, like you said, to be competitive. So uh, it's a big, big, uh, big season for everybody here in 2021, right? WNFC as, as a whole, it's just everybody's just it ready is. to go. It is. And it's going to be, you know, it's our, we were supposed to have the inaugural season last year, but we all know what, what happened. So it's going to be a really, you know, eye opener for everybody. Uh, when we play the competition, we we're playing in. Don't, don't forget Denver. Denver is, is stacking pretty big. You know, they're getting some good girls from, you know, other uh, other leagues and stuff. So they're going to be ready, too. So, um, But uh, we're, we're, we're excited for this opportunity. Um, Oscar, um, ¿puedes decir algo en español a todos los mexicanos que, están, que quieren jugar en, en Estados Unidos? Yeah. Sí. Yo quiero que los jugadores de México tengan una gran oportunidad aquí en los Estados Unidos para ellas, pero es muy importante que saben tienen cuidado para que no los aprovechen digo eso como un padre, porque soy padre primero y luego como un entrenador es, um, hay mucha gente que uh, no, van a ir para otro uh, para otro country y quiero que todo está perfecto por ellos So I'm treating my girls like they're part of our family because, you know, they're taking the, the chance on us. So just uh, sure. want them to be careful, be well, cautious. And, uh, Billy, it's 
you know, Regina, uh, Alondra, and Alondra, and all the girls that are coming over, I'm pretty sure once they have the experience with your, you know, with your squad, uh, they're able to tell, you know, their stories back down south, and I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot more girls that would want to come to participate, maybe not on your team only, but on other Texas teams as well that are nearby, and it makes it more efficient for, you know, the, the Houston Heat or even the Texas Elite to acquire some of those talents as well. So just, just a, you know, great job by you and giving these girls the opportunity to play. But they're so talented, to your point, uh, they're just going to obviously contribute a big time for your squad uh, to make a difference in terms of the in-season competition. I appreciate it. And, and you know, I, the, I owe it all to the girls wanting to come and be here. And to my girls, I mean, uh, that, that already play for me. It's already that tight-knit group like I had told um, McKinsey, but um, our girls are just welcoming the girls from Mexico. It's just going to be compliment all, all over the place. So we'll, I, I look forward to us trying to go and amaze everybody and be that Green Bay Packer, that little town that could. <laughs> yep. So we're looking for the, we're chasing the nine cups. So Regina, este mucho, uh, Mucho success en tu temporada aquí en los Estados Unidos con la, la muerte de las cruces, esperando que tu viaje esté, esté bien y te reciben en el domingo y esperando que la temporada empezara en, may, en mayo. Y eh, vamos a estar este, anticipando tu highlights en, en los videos en, y por la app, la Wire app de la liga. So, esperando que, te, que estás este, lista. So, gracias por hacer el tiempo otra vez. Gracias por, por invitarme y ojalá sí pueda haber otra entrevista después, ya que esté por allá, para contarles mi experiencia también jugando allá. Ya estoy esperando llegar pronto. Ok, Regina, gracias. O Reggie, gracias. Uh, Coach uh, Billy, thank you again uh, for your time. I, re I really, really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, we're anticipating a great season for La Muerte de las Cruces as uh, you, you add all these pieces together. And so watch out, WNFC 2021, in, in 30 days from today. Uh, well, thank you for this opportunity, and, and much respect and love to you, and happy uh, Easter. Gracias, Regina. Hasta domingo, mija. Gracias, coach. Nos vemos pronto. Okay, muy bien. Adiós, eh? Gracias Dios. a los dos. Bye. No, gracias a usted. Bye-bye. All right, Mackenzie, uh, that was uh, Coach uh, Billy Avalos of the La Muerte de los Cruces and the talented Regina Escoto, under-18 MVP of the national tournament in Mexico. Um, and uh, she's going to be bringing along two other players as well, uh, almost a total of three players from Mexico in the Cancun region. So uh, the coach is, no, his coach is not fooling around, Mac. <laughs> He's, he, he wants to stack up and – Get some, get some pieces that's going to help him win, right? It's all about winning. Yeah, no, Coach is not playing, and, and I absolutely love that. Like I said earlier, it's going to be – he's going to be a dogfight this year in the WNFC. I mean, it's going to be a dogfight in football, women's football across the board, period, uh, but just more or less in our league because, I mean, our league is one of the most elite leagues there is for women's football in the state. So, it's it, – and like I said, we missed this week essentially missed a season. We missed 
one one full season of of tackle football, and like I said, everybody is itching to showcase their talents. Everybody is you know itching to, to put their team and put the league on the market and put everybody on notice. Like we're here, we play. You know, this is a thing. You know, women can play football and do play football at a high level. Yeah, I think uh, the anticipation, uh, more fun, uh, more fundamentally sound is the word that I'm hearing from a lot of coaches that I'm talking to in the WNFC. A lot of the players put in their own time, weight, you know, everything. Uh, everybody just just raring to go. It's almost like, you know, they're just ready for a collision, right? <laughs> we're just ready to just smack some heads. Yeah, it, we're, we're – <laughs> I, I think I can speak for probably everybody – that plays in the league or, you know, is associated with the league, like, we're ready to get this thing started. May 1st needs to get here. I mean, I just – I don't know what else to tell you all. Like, we, we're ready to go. WNFC season 2021 is about to be lit. It's about to be wild. It, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody ended up on ESPN Top 10, to be honest. Um, no, that's no, that's that, how electric it's going to be. Yeah. There's too much talent. There's too much talent in both leagues. You should have highlight reels at some point. They're going to have to have some highlight reel. It's just the way it is. Um, uh, Mackenzie, uh, are, you, are you sticking with us for a couple more minutes, or are you bailing? I got a little bit of time. We can have more more discussions, Oscar. Perfect. Okay. Um, well, you know of somebody you know, and I know of somebody you know, so I wanted to bring in somebody to kind of take us into this trans world environment and this transports environment and who better to do it than the uh the talented and always resourceful uh athlete ally and let's bring her in here because that's going to be erica mitchum from the uh women's tackle football league oregon hawks and uh she should be coming here erica how you doing today thanks for making the time really really appreciate it i'm doing good oscar um it is mitchum though it's pronounced mitchum mitchum yes i'm totally apologize no, it's okay. I, I, so, Erica, uh, welcome back to the podcast. Really appreciate you making the time today. Um, let's let's hit it off here. I was anticipating okay. WNFC, and now we have WTFL. So, how how does that how did that happen, or how did the Oregon Ducks end up in the WTFL? Well, we're not the Oregon Ducks. We're the Oregon Hawks. No, I mean, the Oregon <laughs> um, Hawks. I am screwing up big time today. <laughs> it's okay. Um, the WNFC. How did it? Well. We definitely made our pitch there, and it just didn't work out. Um, and as far as the WTFL, uh, they've been they've been calling for us uh, since we left the WFA um, after our one and only season there. And so the fit was just right this year because, um, honestly, last year we were looking at an independent schedule with how things ended up, and mm-hmm. sometimes that can be the kiss of death for women's tackle football. So, you know, we were happy to find a home and this year we got a schedule and a chance to compete for a championship. And that's really all our athletes want. So I'm excited. Erica, um, the roster is pretty much set now, or have you guys had any difficulty because of COVID or, you know, how is Oregon basically in terms of the COVID state? Well, honestly, our roster took a huge hit because we had, um, we had a falling out with our former coach decided to, you know, without getting specific into it, decided to branch out and try to uh, steal a bunch of our players and start another team. And um, the league allowed that. So now there's two teams in Eugene and um, 
basically that that took a hit but we've been recruiting really hard and you know convincing our girls that the Oregon Hawks are still here we're still fighting and uh, we're just you know trying to get through that to uh, prove that we're the better team here in Eugene. Now how many teams in the WTFL currently right now are they uh, I think they're are they up to 20 nationwide? I don't know honestly um you know, with with what went down and the things that have happened, I'm mostly just focused on the Oregon Hawks and making sure that our girls, my teammates, and that we're all just working hard and preparing ourselves for the season. We're just excited to get a chance to play again. Is it going to be heavy travel for you guys at this point, like two states out, or is it within a state type of environment? Um, for the most part, we will be traveling out of state. Um there's a there's a new team in Idaho. Uh, we'll be playing a team mm-hmm. in Utah, and then the team in Washington is going to be coming to us uh, because they, from what I understand, are having difficulty getting fields up there due to COVID. So, um, oh, okay. we're uh, you know we're just working through it like everybody else. It wasn't until I think it was last Friday that uh, the Lane County where we are here in Eugene lowered down to another level. So it's, you know, hoping that we can get our fields finalized and we'll be be able to release our official schedule here uh, sometime soon. So we know it's coming. Uh, We know what the dates are. We're just, you know, waiting for fields and everything to be solidified because we don't want to put that information out and then have to, you know, basically produce a disclaimer. So. Right, right, right. And, and make yeah. adjustments that way instead of finalization. Okay. Um, are yeah, you playing quarterback? We, we don't again? know what. What's that? Are you playing quarterback again, or what? What position are you playing? Oh, absolutely. Yep. Absolutely playing quarterback again. Awesome. Okay. I'm. I know uh, from the time. Uh, I think the last time we saw each other, I think was at the Hall of Fame game, right in Vegas. I was. I yeah, think the it last was. Time that's you were there, that's right? when I'm. Yeah, that's when I met you in person, and um, I actually yep. went down there as a the third quarterback, but uh, it uh, turned out that I had definitely some things to learn from those coaches down there, as well as, you know, the girls that were Rachel Woods and, and um, Elizabeth Bean that were there. They were on a different level than me, and uh, honestly, to just have that opportunity to uh, fill in and play that fullback position and just be utilized wherever OJ felt like I um you know, should be playing was, was a great experience. I loved it. I was actually planning on going back again this year. And then of course we all know that COVID took the game. I mean, last year. So um, I'm, I'm all about just playing, doing whatever needs to be done to help out my team. And I've been working really hard in the off season, meeting up with some of uh, really good uh, quarterbacks that I've been able to become friends with and just try to hone my skills and, get better and I think that I've gotten better with uh, a lot of things as far as my accuracy and able to read defenses and things like that so I'm looking forward to getting after it this year. Um, Erica the, the the Hall of Fame game a lot of all-stars a variety of players from east and west uh, I was very impressed there's a lot of good talent on that one two oh. rosters that combine each yeah. other so and then there's a lot of names that people are not really familiar with in terms of one one side of the coast and the other. And just to see all that talent there, that was just amazing. You know what I mean? Absolutely. That was probably one of the greatest experiences of my life um, when it came to playing any sort of football, but especially, you know, the women's tackle football, being involved in that, getting a chance to play with that. It was 
coaching on a different level, teammates on a different level. It just really opened my eyes uh, to what these other women that are, you know, just kicking butt all over the U.S. are doing to train their bodies and get themselves ready to play. And, you know, I went back, took that experience to my teammates and said, you know, they're on a different level than we are. And uh, if you want to get to that level, you're going to have to, you know, make the sacrifices and the determination and dedication to keep working hard to get there. And I know that, you know, I've made some really good friendships, women that I talk to all the time through social media and have even like rolled through town and we've met up for, you know, lunch and stuff like that. So it's, it's like friendships. I, I feel like the best thing to come out of those things are friendships that, you know, hopefully will last your lifetime because of, you know, what brings us all together. But yeah, that was a hard hitting game. Um, I actually didn't go out that night. I was so sore. I was laying on a heating pad after it was done. So um it wasn't your you typical the only one. game, that's for sure. <laughs> What's that? You weren't the only one. There was a lot of Yeah, no, it was it Yeah, it was it was brutal. That was probably one of the most uh brutal football games I've ever been involved in as far as the hits and everything else and obviously you were there, you watched it. It's really too bad we didn't have more fans in the seats cuz that was a that was a heck of a ball game and it was an absolute honor to be a part of it. Well, I was uh, very honored to be uh, on the west side um, in the locker room with all the, with everybody in the locker room. That's just yeah, that's that a real really moment, cool. for, you know, for supporting for sure. everybody and and doing that. So, uh, you know, just to see you, uh, you know, OJ, uh, to see the, the all the names, the talented, all the talent on the west team as well. Um, uh, that was surreal for me. You know, what I mean, it's a great honor to promote and bring awareness to the sport, but ultimately, you know, to the amazing uh, women that you guys are on, on, on a daily basis, not just, you know, on the football field, but off the football field as well. So it was yeah, really awesome to see that. that. Very much. Being in the stands, you know, up there with, uh, with Sweeney and uh, the, mm-hmm. the guys over at San, uh, San Diego Digital Imaging as well. So that was really a cool moment to be up there in the box and stuff. And yeah, to your point, we could have had some more fanfare, but, you know, we're we're building up for it, right? We're just we get we just yeah, gotta get to that, absolutely. To that stage where we're building uh, up for it. But overall, the the game was amazing, uh, you know, and it, it turned out to be a, a great a great uh, atmosphere as well. So, um, Erica, sure. with we, athlete ally, are we still there? Uh, and then you're also doing girl boss, right? From what I saw in your bio as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, definitely still with athlete ally. Um, athlete ally has you know, served to really help me with my platform and getting, um, getting, getting me a chance to, you know, get out there and do some um, real good activist work. Uh, It's led to some panelist appearances. I actually have another one Mm -hmm. coming up on April 7th with Georgetown university. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's been great. They've had my back. I've definitely done my part to uh, help further, people to you know check out athlete ally and see what they're all about um and then girl boss sports yes i serve as the director of equity and inclusion uh, with girl boss you know just helping out making sure that when it comes to how we um do things as a company that we're doing it to make sure that we're inclusive with uh you know everyone that wants to be involved with that and it's something i you know it's volunteer at this point but i take it know very seriously and it's it's an honor to be a part of what sarah's built with girl boss all right let me bring uh the salty one in here to pick your brain okay okay 
Hello, Erica. Mac How are you? Why, hello. I'm good. Yeah. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm excited to have you on the podcast again. When when uh, Thank you. Oscar told us that you were coming back, I got excited instantly because you always you always give good insight. And I just remember the last time you were on the podcast, we could have kept talking the entire the entire rest of the podcast. So it was very 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 good. Um, so my first question, and you know me, I like to ask about you know the trials and tribulations of things and situations. So with that being said, what would you say right now? has been the biggest adjustment, you know, going into uh, the WTFL, um, you know, after trying to come into the WNFC and leaving the WNF, uh, the WFA, rather? Um, honestly, just kind of what I alluded to earlier, the, the stuff that happened with, you know, within our team. Uh, with the WTFL, obviously, it's, you know, housed there over in Florida, and we had to work really hard to put together um, a West Coast league to give us, you know, to give us games. But our ownership did an absolute phenomenal job when it came to reaching out and helping some of these teams get started and uh, creating and creating an opportunity for us. Uh, they just care so much about their players. There's been a lot of things that have happened uh, related to this organization in the four years I've been a part of it. And uh, there's, there's just uh you know, in in my in my opinion, and I know this is going to rub a lot of people the wrong way. The wrong way. There's just not a lot of loyalty when it comes to how athletes approach the teams that they play with. Um, one thing that really drives me crazy is like the super teams that form in the NBA, and then you get this. You know, you get this situation where you know pay to play teams. Yeah, it's different. You ought to you know have an opportunity to go where you got to go, but. When you have owners like we do um, and the sacrifices and everything that they put together, you know, to just give us an opportunity to compete and to have my back in particular as a trans athlete, um, you know, I, I fly with the Hawks. I've said that all along. As long as the Hawks exist, that's where I will call it my home. And if that means, you know, independent, WTFL, WNSC, WFA, whatever it is, that's my squad. And, uh so, like, really the, the most difficult, honestly, has just been us trying to recover from that and uh, put our squad together. But we're bouncing back really solid. We've had a couple really good weeks as far as recruitment. And I feel like, you know, as the COVID regulations become a little less strict, it, there might be a few girls that were kind of on the fence about it that are, you know, more excited to come out and join us. So we're we're pretty excited again about the opportunity we have and just having a schedule and a chance to compete for a championship. Wow. That is a lot. Ooh. I mean, <laughs> you wanted it salty whoa. one. I give it to you. I mean, I, I can have a lot. <laughs> whoa. I have a lot There's more to say about it, but I'm not going to do that because this isn't the place to do it. But I'm, I'm going to be honest. I've, I've had a lot of, uh, a lot of situations over the years when it comes to seeing what, you know, former players and people that were, you know, supposed to be trusted as coaches, what they've done. And it absolutely infuriates me. And uh, it's, it's something like anybody that knows me, anybody that looks at my social media knows I ride with the Hawks period. And that's, uh, you know, I compare myself a lot to Damian Lillard like that. I just don't go on anywhere period. Wow. I feel that. Not that so I haven't much. been asked. Yes. 
because I have been asked by several coaches to switch. And we're talking WNFC coaches, WFA coaches, and I turned them down. Wow. That's – see, I love that. See, this is, this is why I do the podcast. This right here, you know, truthful, almost unedited, you know. <laughs> well, it is kind of edited because, honestly, I'd like to use a few choice words, but I won't, so – yeah, oh, see, again, truthful as hell. I love it. Um, yeah. Wow. Jeez, I don't have a follow-up thing. Ooh. Okay. I don't know. What else you got for me? What else you want to know? I don't, I don't Erica, know. You, okay. you silence the salty one. That's that's big. <laughs> <laughs> that was not my goal. Like... Honestly, my goal was just to come out and tell it like it is. I, I think, you know, just not that – this necessarily has anything that. to do with that question, but let's face it, people, trans athletes right now is an insanely hot-button topic. And mm-hmm. part of the main thing that I do with Athlete Ally and Girl Boss and everything else that I do involved with activism is to try and shed light on all the lies and everything else that gets said out there. And, you know, people have been like, oh, do you think it's safe that, you know, you play women's tackle football. I'm like, it's no more dangerous than for a cisgendered woman to get out there. I mean, folks, I just got done telling you about the game I played in in Vegas and how bad I was beat up after it. So did that create any – I mean, you were there, Oscar. Did you see me running through people and knocking people out of the way and winning the MVP because I was born assigned male at birth? Like, seriously. I I get really frustrated with that. A little ridiculous. And so so when you have that, and, and then I'm just super frustrated right now because what we have is a situation where, you know, previous attacks by administrations didn't, resu- didn't give them the results. They couldn't keep us out of bathrooms. They can't sure. fire us for no reason. So now we're going to go after transgender children. We're, ge- we're going to go after them. Not only are we going to keep them out of sports, but we're also in some states we're going to go after their ability to transition, which to me is, is ridiculous because you look at like the policy of the WNFC, for instance, one of the most restrictive policies I've ever seen when it comes to trans athletes and how they talk about, you know, any trans athlete that was, you know, basically never went through male puberty is considered a girl. That's the wording in their policy. And it's like, okay, so now you've got, You've got these administrations trying to put these laws in there that, you know, I'm just going to be honest. It's going to force these kids to doing the kind of things they're doing. You know, there's been people that have sat there in front of these legislation groups and been like, you know, these kids are killing themselves. These kids are depressed. These kids don't have anywhere to go. And they're not hurting anybody. And that's the so frustrating thing about it is they use false narratives like the situation with Fallon Fox, my friend J.C. Cooper, or Veronica Ivy out there, and they attack them. Because what? They win? What they don't talk about is when they lose. See, I'm an example of losing. My first season with the Eugene Ladyhawks in the, oh my gosh, the now defunct IWFL, we were 0-5. Nobody knew who I was until I laid down a hit on somebody in Seattle that some people thought was excessive. wasn't any more excessive than anything else. And then it went to the WFA, okay, here comes Athlete Ally, here comes, you know, this um, policy that's in support. But the frustrating thing for me, and I'm just going to be real with y'all, 
is you have these policies that say, okay, we're going to be inclusive. We're going to allow you to play. But then I have friends that are playing in the WFA. I have friends that are playing in other leagues that have openly had horrible things said to them, had their face masks ripped off, been called men on the field, and nobody does anything. They're not protected. And that's just a frustrating situation because, Oscar, you know, just like I do, if somebody, like, was to throw something, you know, whether it's a racial slur or something like that on the field at somebody, it would be dealt with swiftly. And it's Correct. just, I feel like it's a double standard. And I'm, you know, I'm not going to sit there and hide my feelings about this stuff anymore. I mean, I got nothing to lose. What are they going to do? Kick well, me out? The only reason I, the only reason I brought you up is because you are real. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. you're the resource that I go to because I think that's, for me, I'd rather hear it raw than hear it at, you know, just kind of like, like you said, in tidbits of, you know, political calmness. It's just, do we have an issue? We don't, right? That's literally what you boil it down to. Yeah, exactly. It's like, are you going to have our backs and support us? And and then that's the other frustrating thing is you have organizations, like money-making organizations out there that are standing up and saying, this is not okay. This is not cool. We support trans athletes. Um, The World Rugby Association, I don't know how much you follow rugby, but I've shared a lot of information about that and made connections through that because of the, you know, the worldwide ban situation with rugby and how outspoken Mm -hmm. so many cisgender athletes have been about that. And it's like they sit there and they say, oh, we support this and we support this, but it's like you get these leagues that are like, oh, we'll allow women, we'll allow trans women to play if they meet these qualifications, but then they're silent to what's happening right now. And I'm telling you all, it's just going to get worse. These, these trans kids are in big, big trouble, and I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop saying it. Sorry, I'm, I'm getting emotional because it just it makes me so angry. No, I mean, and Erica, I mean, we, me and Mac, we already know. That's, like I said, that's the reason we bring you on because yeah. those things have to be said. And that's in the front lines. I mean, in, in the it's in the spotlight, right? It's not like you're making these things up. It's it's happening. Mm-hmm. There's reporting on it. There's you know mainstream things that are happening. Um, to your point, it's psychological in a lot of ways because at that age, uh, the kids aren't like adults where you're have to right. dive into a negative state, right? The kids are just like, hey, I right. just want to interact with other kids. It's literally what right. it boils down to. I just want to be competitive. Um, and and that's I think that's the the message that is being somewhat twisted to the point where like these aren't adults right if if you want to treat adults in a different way then you go litigation you go a lot of legal stuff but kids to your point uh they they don't understand that part of it i mean they're growing they 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 want interaction they want to you know have a a bonding of some sort with other other kids right and so it puts like this this huge barrier uh and and then puts them in a box like you said and it's probably it does drive them mad at some point because they don't understand it right I, I mean, I, I posted one of the videos on my social media where they were talking. Um, I, I don't remember which state it was, but there's been several where they debating these bills that bans trans athletes. And I cannot tell you every single time, like, someone would be like, can you give me one example of a trans athlete in Arkansas that's dominating? Can you give one example of a trans athlete that's dominating in Alabama and Tennessee and South Dakota and all these places, 
And they don't. They don't have an answer. They go back to the same old, oh, these girls up in Connecticut. And I know those girls. I've met them through Athlete Ally. And it's absolutely absurd. The same girls that they beat have beaten them. It just, it, it's like, okay, well, when they win, we're going we're gonna to put the spotlight on them. I mean, you know what? I'm going to go out and play the hardest I have ever played in my life this year. Anybody gets in front of me, I'm going to run through them. I'm going to throw touchdown passes. I'm going to do everything in my power to put the Oregon Hawks in that spotlight. And I'm not going to apologize for any of it. And it's, it's like, this is an experience where, and, and then, you know, I've had friends like, well, if you go out and you win, you might get, it's like, yeah. And I will do exactly the same thing I just said. I'll go back to be like, when I was 0-5, where were you? When I was 4-4 and and we didn't sniff the playoffs, where were you? Nobody mm-hmm. knew who I was. And, 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 and I it's think not, that's the reality. The reality of the situation is that they don't get, like you said, it's not like you're dominating on every down, and it's not like you're steamrolling right. or you're victorious on every every uh, you know scheduled win. It's just exactly. it, I think people are missing the point of the fact that um, they have to see, like you said, in a clearer mode. You can't just yeah. assume that one individual is you know this robot that just crashing people that's literally the mindset they think of a person being an exception to the rule and that somehow this person is dominating the whole game which is not reality that's just not reality not even on any level and that was probably one of the best games i've ever played oscar and and i used my size because they asked me to use my size yeah no i mean you're a fullback (laughs) what are are you not going to use your size right the position requires that so i mean (laughs) Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. Yeah, I, I, I. Can I say at some point we get too politically yeah. idiotic? That's what we yeah. get. We get too politically idiotic, and then we start doing divides. That's the one, yeah. the thing that drives me insane. We go to divide. You know, instead of going understanding or come to some sort of uh, impasse, we go to divide. So that's just, uh, yeah. just not a good thing. Um, yeah, Erica. Uh, yeah. What what are, what anticipation? Of course, is obviously winning the title here. So the release of yeah. the schedule, you said, is pending, obviously, uh, the local or, you know, uh, restrictions being lifted, and yeah. then, obviously, the field mm-hmm. is going to be open up. So can we see that? What are we going to see that on your page? Are we going to see it on the Oregon Hawks or uh, Facebook page or Instagram page as well once the <laughs> schedule is released? Uh, you follow me on social media. You're going to see it all over. Um, but it okay. definitely is on our fan page, the Oregon Hawks. Uh, we have a fan page on Facebook. Um, we don't. We don't have as much of a presence on Instagram, but we're working on it. You know, one of the, one of the situations that you deal with uh, when we go through what we have as an organization is you kind of have to, you know, minimize certain things that you'd like to do and focus on things just to survive. And so right. for us, um, yeah, it's going to be on our Facebook page. We're definitely going to roll it out, um, and we're going to be doing, you know, everything that we can to uh, put that information out there and, like I said, the, the really the only reason that we haven't released it yet, we have dates solidified with teams and things like that, is just the fields. Because here in Oregon right now, they're playing spring, they're playing football, they're playing um, high school football, and they're, mm-hmm. they're trying to throw all these sports together at once, so fields are so hard to come by. Like I'm literally sitting at a middle school right now about to go do some running with my teammates when I'm done here, and like, 
we just have we have to go basically to certain places and hope like the track is open or things like that. Fortunately, we have a great a great uh, relationship with uh, the city of Eugene, and we're able to secure our practice field on Sundays, so we know at least where that's going to be. But you know, this is a scrappy group of women that have been busting their butts, and I'm really excited to be a part of it. And uh, you know take on that leadership role and do the best I can, like I said, to, you know, give people something good to say about the Oregon Hawks. Awesome. Maggie, anything else before we let Erica go? No, I think she pretty much, uh, she racked my brain. I didn't even even get to pick hers, but it's fun. I absolutely love that. I love that. And that's what we bring on. Thank you for coming back. She's she's very, uh, very genuine. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me, and thank you for giving me a platform to actually be real. Um, like no, I said, okay. I know You're there's some people time. that aren't going to like it when they hear this, but, you know, I'm I'm that person that for so long, uh, just through my personal failed relationships with my father and other situations like that, when I came out as trans, I learned that sometimes you just have to strap it up and, and say what what really is happening and stand up for yourself. And if that results in people treating you poorly, then so be it. So, but you guys aren't. I, you guys are good. <laughs> like, no, let me be very, we, we I, I really appreciate that. What's that? Yeah, we love you. We love you guys too. Thank you so much um, for having me on the show. And hopefully uh, we'll get to do this again. And uh, the Oregon Hawks will be celebrating the WTFL championship in 2021. Awesome. Uh, nice, nice season. We wish you a nice season and get you that trophy <laughs> and get you going on it. But uh, Erica, always a pleasure coming on, giving us uh, insights in terms of the transport uh, uh, aspect of it. And always, uh, always love to bring you on because you're a true resource for that. And then, uh, where they can, uh, where can fans follow you besides your Facebook? But you said athlete ally as well. Uh, what are your handles so that people can dive into you? Well, I've kind of I've kind of cleared out my Facebook. As you can imagine, being an athlete um, mm-hmm. representative when it comes to activism, I've been getting a lot of unwanted um, attention. So Facebook's becoming less of a yeah, I'll accept anybody. Uh, they can request to follow me um, on my Instagram, which is a girl with a dragon tattoo thirteen. Uh, it's spelled G U R L. And then with a dragon tattoo, 13, on Instagram. And then I'm also on Twitter at uh, BlazerGirl2. You can follow me there, too. I don't tweet as frequently. Honestly, a lot of what I have to say uh, comes through Instagram. But I am starting to use Twitter a little bit more. Um, and, you know, like I said, somebody can, if they find me, on Facebook and uh, they pass my quiz that I send out when they send me a friend request and they might be able to follow me there. There you go. So you get that, okay. you get edited and then you get accepted if needed. Yeah, so that's good. Pretty much. And that's, that's kind of how I have to approach it. When you, you start getting death threats, you got to take it a little bit more serious. Oh yeah. No, that's, so. that's not, that's not what we need in this world. <laughs> yeah. That's just ridiculous. For sure. but, all right. Eric, yeah. I really appreciate it. Uh, having uh, success in this 2021. Hopefully everything opens up and we, we do have a WTFL season and your Hawks being at the top would be a great feeling for you and your roster and your teammates. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. Have a great rest of your night. Thanks for having me on.
Appreciate it. Thanks for making the time. Appreciate it. You betcha. Bye-bye. All right, Mackenzie, there she is, Erica Meacham and uh, from the Oregon Hawks. And she uh, always a, a great resource, uh, especially when we're talking trans sports and trans uh, athletes in general. Uh, it's one of the go-to people that I go to because I know she's real and raw and gives us a real perspective on what's happening. And she's also part of Athlete Allies, so it's a really good organization to try to put that together and give us a real insight of, you know, what the real, do- real deal would be. Oh, that's why I love bringing her on. That's exactly why I love bringing her on. It's, you know, like I said, it's raw, it's real, it's, you know, human emotion. And people seem to get human emotion kind of, um, they, they make human emotion, they, they misconstrue it for, you know, being vengeful or, you know, wanting mm-hmm. to get the last word in. When it's really not, you have to, you know, you have to be mindful of the situation and where the situation has gone and taking that person with experience. So people need to, you know, need to understand, like, whether, you know, regardless of what kind of situation it is, the way people respond is, is going to be the way they respond due to, you know, how that experience has treated them. All right. Let's go into the third huddle of the day, and let's, uh, let's go into the huddle, and then we'll bring in the Kingsville Empire. in the house expect greatness helen mcclarity and got tommy mcdaniel here girls how's it going today i don't know that huddle was pretty big so uh and uh took care of business we talked to you guys a while back and uh this is your main rival goes back to like 2018 uh even with the other leagues so uh, what a big win for you guys. We watched it all on Real Real Sports Live. It's a huge win. Uh we've been playing we've been playing this team for the past four years. I think we faced them at the championship game. That was our twelfth time playing them. And uh we had never beat them. I feel like nobody has ever beat them. Uh but yeah, it's a great feeling. The team came through, everybody played really well and I mean we came out the champions. Long overdue. We've worked really hard for that. Well, I can I can tell you the anticipation, the back and forth, and then you guys kind of ran away with it. The first play of the game was pretty exciting, don't you think? Oh, man. Like, honestly, we had a game plan that we weren't even going to come out with our that first play. We were going to do something completely different, and we decided to just, make a statement that night and that's pretty much what we did we put all of our big girls on the line and we did our running back where we needed her and we just our goal was to make that statement and I think we did because that first play of the game we went out and we scored so we did it <laughs> all right you guys put beef up at the front that's <laughs> literally what the word was like you guys committed to the wall and then your specialty players 
pretty much made the difference. And then your passing game kind of was very effective. But, you know, the Generals obviously do have some a good defense, and it's, it kind of was kind of containment at the beginning there. And then as the second half started to play out, it, it, it started to go in your guys' favor. Oh, yeah. Helen? <laughs> oh, I mean, well, in the beginning, yeah, it was – it seemed like it was going to be – everybody thought it was going to be like a close, like, game through the entire thing. Um, but honestly, I think what our turnaround was, was every halftime we always have something positive to say to one another. And one of our strong, like, she's powerful, she's always up and getting us upbeat and pumped and ready for our games is Jasmine. So she gave us this whole speech during the second um, – during our halftime of why we play. And I think that second half we went out there with that in mind, and we weren't going to let anything stop us for that why. So we got to give a big shout-out to her because I think a lot of that speech that she gave us is what turned around that second half that made us come out and play harder, hit harder, um, stay focused more than what we were, knowing that we could beat this team and that on that day we were going to be the better team, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, I for sure. Uh, let's, let's bring in Mackenzie here. Uh, Mackenzie, Kingsville Empire 2021 Texas Valley Sports Women's Champion. <laughs> I think she left us. Let me see her. I don't know. I'm so sorry. I think she left. She was she was going to stick around for a little bit, but she didn't. But anyways, uh, anyways, it sounds great. Uh, I think the the fans, in terms of wh- who was watching uh, real real sports live, the fans really were excited for that event and that matchup. And then the anticipation build up to that week. Um, I think this is probably one of the big moments for both franchises, don't you think? The fact that this is a real rivalry. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, if we've been rivals. One thing about this team is we we enjoy playing them. Like, we always know that when we play them, it's going to be a good game. It's going to be aggressive. It's going to be in your face. It's going to be hard-hitting, running, you know. And like Helen said, our running back just ran like an animal that night. Like, she was unstoppable. And I think – I know our team, we were ready. Like, we we prepare, we practice, we run our plays. And then, like Helen said, we're just constantly lifting each other up, you know, and, and being positive and think about why you're here. And we have cry circles. And the whole lead-up to the actual game was more of just preparation and what are we going to do on defense. And the fact that this team, you know, we've never beat them and we always get so close and it's like – you know, all of our hard work just, just paid off. And like Helen also said at, at halftime, when Jasmine gave us that speech, it was just like everybody, like we weren't going to lose. Like there was no way we were going to lose that game. And I think everybody knew that it was going to be a battle. Everybody knew that it was going to be super close. And then once we got ahead by the two touchdowns, it was just like we were able to breathe a little bit. Like we got this, you know, and it just all fell into place. Like all of our hard work, all of our practice, all of our broken fingers and busted knees, like it just all came mm-hmm. together and we, we won, you know, and it was, it was great. <laughs> How is it uh, rewarding for you as a QB to finally hoist that trophy? And uh, it's a pretty impressive victory. It's not like you were just, you know, by a touchdown or whatever. It's a pretty impressive second half. I think that's uh, what I take away when I watched it. It was like, 
the buildup to the third quarter, and then as the finalization of the third quarter came into the fourth quarter, you guys really started to separate. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think Tommy, that's I think when we finally. Uh, yeah. <laughs> What's the? Um, Go ahead. The, to answer your first question, how does it feel to hold up the trophy? I mean, man, that was great. Uh, probably one of the greatest feelings, you know, as a and as an athlete that you can you can have, especially like, you know, I keep saying it was such a rivalry. We've been playing this team for so long, like. It was an amazing feeling, and then once we started pulling away, it was just like, all right, who's taking ring sizes? Like, we got this. Like, we got this. We got this. And, and you know, it was just exciting. And the more excited we got, like, the better we did. And it was just a really good feeling. Like, there's really nothing that compares to it. And I feel like the hole started opening up more. Our offensive line just started beasting it. Like, they weren't running on us anywhere. Like, it was just everybody just kind of – stepped it up another notch more than they had already stepped up, you know. So it was a great victory. It was a great feeling. Like, I loved being out there with them and being able to experience that next to them. So it was pretty awesome for me. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was awesome for the whole team. (laughs) Helen, buckling down in the third quarter and then getting that separation and then the reality when you've got the time clock now telling you that, okay, they got to put up two points. And they did put up, I think, one desperate effort right at the end with a six-pointer, if I'm correct. Um, yeah, the, um, they had about 40 seconds left on the clock, which I think mm-hmm. the entire team on our side was standing there like, this is the longest 40 seconds we have ever had in a game. Because, <laughs> I mean, we were literally standing there, and we were like, dude, we have 40 seconds, this is almost over, we got this. And then we look, and then it's only 37 seconds left. And then... 30 seconds left, but with them passing the way they did, it was stopping that clock would drug on and on and on. But the more, I think, with the way they came out on that play, um, I mean, it's it's great, you know, because they fought, they fought their hearts out to the end just like we did. Um, but I guess in the end it was we were on top, and it kind of felt good because we had that three-touchdown lead, um, which was amazing because, we honestly, like I said in the beginning, we thought it was going to be a close game the entire half. I don't know what happened the second half. I'm not sure other than us unifying and becoming in sync with one another and becoming one voice with one another and overall just hitting hard, pushing through, hitting our gaps, and, you know, keeping an eye on the ball all at the same time. So it felt, it felt pretty amazing, like Tommy said. It, it was It was awesome. So... I hope that answers Helen, the question. <laughs> the, the second, the second half. I, I, if you don't want to say it, but I'll say it. The second half, there was aggressiveness on, on onto the ball. They were literally just, you know, negative yardage for every run play that they were doing. You know what I mean? Uh, there oh, yeah. was no containment on on the sides. There were just no inches going forward. I think that's really what it boiled down to. And uh, as we as you got down to like the fourth quarter, it's your your yeah. squad just literally. Just buckle down. Like, you're not going to get an inch. You know, you might get a couple plays airborne, but mm-hmm. – and it looked very aggressive to the ball, in other words. You guys literally were focused yeah. on the ball. Oh, yeah. Our, I, yeah, I think with um, our, our second half and in that third quarter and fourth quarter, I think what happened was we – every time we thought that we were going to get away from something, we would think about that why that Jasmine mentioned during halftime, and that would drive us even harder 
to uh, shoot off the line quickly, to race to the ball as fast as we could, to not let them gain that extra inch. Because our goal for the second half was not to let them get that second foot or that third foot in the door to be able to score or get close by. So we kind of used everything that we did at halftime and, you know, we evaluated everything to where we weren't going to allow that to happen. And we kind of just made it, um, like, we kind of just made it to where we pushed forward and we didn't let that happen, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. When you saw the video, if you see the game, you, and you have you guys watched the game? the replay of the game? Yes. Yeah, we... More than once. I have, and I think Mommy has that. Yeah, we have. It is game film now, as they say. It's now, 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 still game film now. So it's really cool to watch, you know, to see the performances on the field. Like you said, uh, you know, an 11-man front is very, very deadly once it gets, once it gets going. And I think that's what happened with you guys up at the front, like you said, with, with your line really committed to stopping the run, it really uh, made them one-dimensional. And I think that was the difference. I think our defense are just a bunch of headhunters. And honestly, we were ready for their offense. They run the same offense. So our defensive ends were shooting out. And our mm-hmm. number 63, Letty, Letty was killing mm-hmm. them. You know, Kiki was killing them. Like, they weren't going anywhere. And then if they tried to go up the middle, we had our middle linebacker, like, they just they weren't mm-hmm. going anywhere, like you said. And our defense was just on point that night. As my uh, former coach would say, the the door is locked. Just try to knock, but yeah. you're not getting through. That's my final. <laughs> when you get yeah, to stop exactly. the run, the door is locked. Just, you're knocking, but you're not getting anywhere. So, But it was impressive. Yeah. A, a very impressive performance on the offensive line. Uh, I mean, the defensive line for containment. Because they are a talented bunch, to your point. They they are very talented and on, on on the offensive side of the ball. So the game planning was really good, um, and they like you said, your girls really stood out and just hunting hunting the ball. And that really was the difference, I think, just in that last quarter of putting yourselves up ahead at the same time. And then I, you know exhaustion comes into play too because I started to see the uh, the general uh, on, on defense really with, with the switching around of your playbook uh, in terms of the run and, and uh, on the sweeps, it, it really became a problem for them. Oh, yeah. They, uh, yeah, they were getting tired, and I feel like that's one of our strong points is we, we get tired, but we have people that can back each other up, and it's just repetition. We're just going to keep running them into the ground. You know, we're going to keep running our sweeps. We're going to keep running down the middle, like, we're just going to keep coming at you. Like you're going to have to find a way to stop us. And if you can't stop us, you're going to have to keep up with us. And if you can't keep up with this, well then sorry, but we're going to win. Like we just, we don't stop. We, we, we ground pound football. Like we run the ball a lot. We pass every once in a while, but it's mostly like, we're just going to run it down your throat or we're going to try to. (laughs) All right, Helen, um, how, how, how big of a moment is this for you? I mean, how long have you been playing? But this has got to be a, this is one of the big moments, right? Not just for the organization, yeah. but as an individual too, right? This is my second year playing. Um, Wiener recruited me last year, and of course our season got cut short because of COVID. Um, but this year, we I just I, I can't even express this year of the team itself because coming from a small town here in Kingsville near Corpus Christi. You don't really hear much from small towns. 
So for us to be able to go out there and for us to do what we did, it was just, I mean, it was, it was amazing. Um, and, you know, with everything that was going on, like, I didn't expect to, I didn't expect Tommy to get hurt for one. So that really sucked. But I look up to her. She's my role model. I want to be like Tommy when I get her age and all this fun stuff. And, you know, I want to be just as tough as her. So I always look to her for, like, guidance, you know. And to be able to come out in this Windows game was phenomenal. Like, I love every minute of it. I was ecstatic when we won. I think in the fourth quarter, I was standing on the sidelines till I finally got a slim break in there on defense. And I was just, I was telling, like, the coaches, I was like, dude, I'm going to start crying right now. I mean, we still have all this time, but, like, there's no way, like, we're going to lose this game. So it, it was phenomenal a feeling to know that I could be a part of this team and be able to come so far with them and us be able to come out and win the championship my second year in. And I know that, like Tommy said, they've been waiting four years for this, so I can only imagine the buildup and how much it felt and how good they felt once we won on Saturday for them as well as for the entire um, organization for us. It was phenomenal. <laughs> Tommy, uh, probably a Tom Brady moment, right, in a way. You know, see, you see Tom Brady all the time lifting the, lifting the hardware, and you're like, well, how do we get here? But in reality, you know, he always says, you know, it's not easy. It's a lot of work, and you got to put in the time and the commitment. But when you finally hoist the trophy and you are the best team in your league, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of gratifying. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's, uh, it's definitely something that we've been working toward. You know, we started out our first year. We had 22 rookies on our team. And we've just just come so far as a team and as individuals and, you know, people in, in general, our coaching staff, like Coach Leo has always been there for us, whether it's sports or, you know, our dad died or, you know, we've been through so much as a team that I feel like that's one of our strongest points is just the unity and the camaraderie, like, this team really is, you know, my family and a lot of the girls on the team, like we don't have anybody else with this team. So it's just, it's a big deal. Like it meant a lot for me. And even though it did suck that I couldn't play and I had that moment of selfishness that I had to kind of snap myself out of, you know, it was, uh, it was really awesome to see them pull through and win. Oh yeah. It's emotional because, like you said, the build-up, four years of into it, you you get emotion out of it. And I think that's the best thing about sports, right? It's a bonding moment. Yeah. It's also a sacrifice moment. And then you have a sisterhood, you know, that obviously has gone through the trenches with you the whole time. Uh, and yeah. it's, it's really nice to achieve something together. Ultimately, it's something really together. And and now the, the, the fact is that you're a champion. You know what I mean? The fact that now you can call yourself a champion. It's a, it's a huge moment for a lot of people. Um, that's one of the things that we do with our platform. And uh, even though you guys consider yourselves probably a little tiny town out there, but internationally as well as right here on the podcast internationally, uh, a lot of people uh, now get to realize Kingsville Empire champions of Texas Valley Sports 2021. So, you know, hats off to you guys and your squad. Can you say that one more time? <laughs> Yeah, Texas Valley Sports <laughs> Champion 2021 Kingsville um, Empire. You have no idea how hard we work for that, man. It's so awesome. 
It's, you know what, it's moments like this, moments like this that make us proud of just the, 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 the sport in general, the fact that we have, uh, you know, a lot of uh, bonding within the sports world in terms of the women's tackle scene. But you guys, you know, your league this year with the COVID situation, some leagues weren't playing, you guys did play. So we really appreciate the fact that you guys put in the time, the entertainment value for us to watch tackle, you know, women's tackle football and then Real Sports Live to bring it live, you know, not just, uh, you know, a, a footnote on a little notepad or a newspaper type deal. Yeah. It's actually live and people could see it. Um, I think that makes a big difference. And that Most is definitely. something that's new for us, too. Like, that's super awesome. You know, like, my parents and, and, like, my girlfriend aren't able to travel to the game, so they can always see them on that. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, that's amazing. You know, I never would have expected that when we started this four years ago. Like, if my mom couldn't make the game, she couldn't make the game, you know. So that is really awesome, and I do want to shout them out for, for being there and and, uh, and having our games live because that, that's, that's phenomenal. Yeah, and that's what we need. We need exposure. Women, women's sports doesn't get the exposure that it deserves. And uh, Real Sports Live, I know they do a lot of stuff in the Valley, and uh, but, you know, for spotlighting the Texas Valley uh, season, really shout out to them, and then the championship game as well. So shout out to the South Texas Generals for a competitive matchup, and ultimately shout, you know, shout out to your team for a victory. Great, impressive victory in 39-27 was the final there. Uh, Kingsville Empire, uh, 2021 champions of the inaugural Texas Valley Sports uh, Women's Division. Most definitely. But you know what? None of this would have been possible, though, if it wasn't for Mel. She's our owner. And Mm -hmm. if it was not for her four years ago, there was no way any of this would have happened. She had a vision. She saw what she wanted. And she she made it happen. And she started recruiting. And I mean, Tommy could probably speak more on it because she's been there from day one with her. And, you know, it's just big thanks to her because without her, this team wouldn't even be here and this wouldn't even have been possible for any of us. Yeah, Mel definitely, we all owe Mel, you know, everything for the opportunity. She, like Helen said, she had a vision. She brought it. She played the year before and was like, you know, we need this in Kingsville. And she came and, she were, I know that she worked extra jobs and everything just to get the logo, to get the first uniforms and, and everything like that. And she still works like three jobs just to make sure that we have what we need, you know, and it, it just, it wouldn't be possible without her. And definitely we owe, we owe everything God, to her. God bless her. Uh, make sure you bring a lot of liquor and wine because she really needs it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, you know, the trophy is one thing, but the enjoyment and the, the put together of a, of a celebration is great. So congratulations to her for her devotion, for giving women opportunity, for her sacrifice to give women opportunity to play. And um, now she can consider herself a championship owner, which is an amazing, yeah. an amazing accomplishment. It really is, especially it, seeing I, where, where we came from. Mm-hmm. I don't think I get tired of hearing that championship winner or and all of that. I don't think I can ever get enough hearing that. <laughs> I'm sorry, but uh, it's what you are, so I can't take it back. I know, I know. <laughs> don't take it back. But yeah, don't take it back. No, you'll, but, you'll tell your grandkids. Uh, you'll tell your grandkids in the future. Grandma was a badass in 2021 during COVID. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, they'll, they'll hear the story. 
I think we also owe a lot of it to our coach. He really takes the time to make sure that we actually understand the game and, you know, the rules and what to do and how to look for yeah. cuts and stuff like that. He will take us and work individually with us and, you know, all of our coaching staff, Coach Leo, Coach Maui, Baby Leo, Coach Bobby, like they're just really good coaches. They know what they're talking about. They care about us. They want us to know exactly what we're supposed to be doing so that we don't get hurt or we don't get someone else hurt. Like we couldn't – without our coaches, like we would be nothing. Well, you know what? You know what they say? If 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 they don't put in the time and the dedication, right – that's that's one thing, but when they put time and dedication, you owe it to play your heart out and and fundamentally sound football, and that's all they ask for. Fundamentally sound football. When you play that, that is the best reward for a coach. On top of the trophy, of course, you give them the trophy, then just an add-on, right? Yeah. yeah. That, and then we have to of course thank our sponsors. We also have to thank our sponsors, you know, without them, obviously we wouldn't have the extra funds that we have people like Mm -hmm. Jadine and the Elks Lodge and the office. Uh, There's just so many places that have helped us out throughout the four years. Like we have to mention them too. You know, we wouldn't be able to do the things that we do without those guys and their contributions. What an amazing, you know, on top of and Helen, what an amazing season for you guys. And then a, a lot of people contributed to this win, okay? Uh, Big-time rivalry buildup, an amazing uh, performance. Um, Shout-out to the defense for shutting down, you know, the, the generals. The generals are a very formidable team. And um, I don't know what to tell you guys, but very entertaining game. <laughs> well, uh, a lot of that had to do with our running back, Jasmine, and he said, I'll tell you that much. Because without those girls' speed, oh, yeah. I think it would have been a little bit tougher for us. But we uh, we pulled through, and thanks to them and Jasmine, man, that girl breaking tackles left and right. Jasmine's <laughs> so, an She literally she, runs like a beast. She spins. She, you know, it is very hard to get your hands on her. And if you can get your hands on her, then you deserve to you tackle her. You better not let her, her go. <laughs> yeah. Well, if if you, if you hand the cheat of the mail, it will be delivered. And she delivered. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, he did. Yeah. Five touchdowns. Yeah. I don't think we can complain on that one. <laughs> no, no. Uh, we need to we need to get her on and give her her props. So if you guys let her know, we're more than happy to get her on and give her some props. That's a, the MVP performance right there. So, um, Helen Definitely. and Tommy, thank you for making the time today. Um, I really, really appreciate it, and I wanted to really give you your dues. Follow you all all season long. And I think right now, you know, everybody in Kingsville should be very proud of you guys' performance on, on the championship win. So uh, 2021 Texas Valley Sports Women's Division Champions, the Kingsville Empire. So thanks for coming in, you guys. Really, really appreciate it. Thanks, thanks for, for having, having us again. Have a great night, okay? Safe travels. You too. Uh, thank you. You too. Bye-bye. All right, guys, that was uh, Kingsville Empire, Tommy McDaniel, Helen McClary. They are the 2021 Texas Valley Sports Champions. Um, just an amazing group. Got it done against a very tough opponent and a rival in the South Texas Generals as well. So a great and impressive season in the inaugural season of Texas Valley Sports. So shout out to them for doing a great job. Don't forget, you guys, uh, we've got a couple minutes here. 
monkeyknifefight.com. You can subscribe right there. Use the code NJF. Get started. You got NBA, UFC, MLB. You got everything, all sports, NHL. So check, take a look at it. More or less, my favorite plays. So go there, monkeyknife5.com forward slash. You can do NJF. So use the code NJF, monkeyknife5.com, code NJF. Get started. That's our uh, podcast sponsor. Support them. And if you haven't gone to the No Joke Football Shop, I don't know what you're doing. Go to the No Joke Football Shop at zazzle.com forward slash gridiron beauties. Up to 20% off daily. Use the daily codes there. If you don't have a daily code, use our code 15% off. Zazzle, thanks, is the code. Check it out. New stuff at the shop for 2021. And the big announcement for next week, let's get it done. Big announcement next week. We have our the salty one, Mackenzie Brooks, and the Hall of Famer, Holly Custis, going into WNFC 2021, Utah Falcons and Nebraska Nighthawks. They will not be on the podcast until the season ends. And we have Nate Ward coming back next week. But we have the big announcement. We have the talented Chelsea Alt and Gabriella O'Farrell from the New York Wolves of the Women's Football Alliance, who will be our new co-hosts starting next week in 367. So I'm totally giddy and excited. Uh, champions at that, international champions at that, and badass football players ultimately. So check it out next week. Be here, 367, the debut of our new co-hosts, uh, Chelsea Alt and Gabrielle O'Farrell of the New York Wolves of the Women's Football Line. So really, really excited to have them on, on board, helping us to grow our podcast, continue to send the message of awareness for women's tackle football. So really awesome and can't wait to talk to them tomorrow already. But it's going to be next week, next Tuesday, and that's where you got to be. So uh, we want to give a shout-out to Erica Mitchum for coming in for the Oregon uh, Hawks. Also, Regina Escoto for coming in with uh, Coach Billy Avalos, giving us the lowdown on the WNFC La Muerte de las Cruces and what they plan to do for the 2021 season. I also want to give a shout-out to the Prague Harpies. If you didn't know, Prague Harp Pioneers in in the Czech Republic as the first team there to uh, start women's tackle football in that country. Shout-out to them for Women's uh, History Month as well. Check out our Women's History Month post on our Facebook page at The Hub, okay? And then also we got uh, a lot of news coming up, hopefully here in the next couple weeks, IWFAI 8, the launch for the summer. We'll see what, how it happens there. We got interviews as well uh, with Alondra Suarez and Alondra Rodriguez, uh, courtesy of LaFi. The big news, uh, Joku, the NJCAA, officially varsity flag Football, so we're waiting on the NCAA and see how that happens. And if you follow Katie Sowers, she's already at the NCAA to see if they're going to take the, the leap of faith, just like the NAIA did. And then there's a cool feature uh, on our uh, at the hub, uh, Zenith Spotlight, WFA, DC Divas, Rich Daniel, and Maine Mayhem's owner, Alicia Jeffords, uh, and the combination of the spotlighting of the Women's Football Alliance. Check out the interview there from Zenith uh, Football. Also, I have a nice spotlight for Women's History Month. Legendary D.C. Divas quarterback and champion, Allison Hamlin, uh, Hamlin spotlighted by Prince George. Uh, uh, the Orlando Anarchy, spotlighted by Local and News 6. Uh, and that was a, a feature that was uh, shared by Melinda Sparks. And then the international sensation, Sydney Green, the return of Sydney Green, of BAFA woman to Sweden 
to lead the Carlstad Crusaders to a, another championship run. So that was pretty cool, and it's sponsored by EP Sports. So a lot of things happening at the Hub. If you don't know where it's at, it's at facebook.com forward slash great iron beauties. The best network on the planet exists right there. Don't miss it. Easter weekend, you're going to see WNFC introduces IG versus Battle uh, featuring uh, Denver Bandits, London Christian, and uh, Texas Elite Spartans, Satoria Bell, Sunday, April 4th. And that will be hosted by Odessa Jenkins and Monica Livingston. So check it out on IG this weekend at the WNFC IG page. So that's it for us. Uh, we're going to be talking free agency uh, next week, mock draft as we get closer to the draft. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, iHeart, Spotify, and on any other platform that you prefer. Uh, Gridiron Beauties, Blitz Podcast. That's what you want to look for. So thanks to everybody that came in today. Uh, Billy Avalos, owner of the WNFC, La Muerte de las Cruces, the sensational Regina Escoto, uh, the running back that's going to be on the team, uh, Erica Mitchum as well, and the uh, the two Kingsville Empire stars, Helen McCrary and Tommy McDaniel. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. Catch you next week as we launch 367, a brand-new adventure, and that's going to be with Chelsea Alt and Gabrielle Farrell of the New York Wolves and of the Women's Football Alliance. Can't wait. Have a great night, everybody.